So folks, what I want to speak to you about this morning, I've entitled this message and next week's message, Miracle Births. Miracle Births. And I hope you can think why. But there are two reasons, not just because we're talking about Christmas, which, in which we celebrate the miracle birth of our Savior Jesus. But we are starting a new series and theme for next year as part of the Every Nation family of churches across the world. Uh, our theme for next year is Miracles Make Him Known. And I just love the subtitle to, to that, Miracles Make Him Known, because our prayer is that miracles would make Jesus known. Amen? Uh, I don't care if they don't know my name. If you don't know my name, as long as you know the name of Jesus. Amen? And so that's our theme. And so leading into that theme, I'm going to be talking about miracle births. So today we're kicking off and I'm looking at the miracle birth of John the Baptist and next week Jesus. Okay, two miracle births which we're going to look at. And what I was so, I found it so interesting because when I was preparing, I thought, okay, we must separate this out now. Today we do the John the Baptist birth scriptures and next week we do the Jesus birth scriptures and we, and we see what we can learn about miracle births from that. But folks, I was not, I could not achieve my objectives because it's so mixed. The story of John's birth is entwined with the story of Jesus' birth. And initially I was like, oh golly, how am I going to do this? Okay, I can do that and then I can skip the scripture. And I thought, you know what, life's not like that. We love, you know, it's a, it's a Greek mentality where we love to just divide things, separate things, cut them in pieces. And, and, but life is very, very enmeshed. We are meant to live enmeshed with other people. We are meant to live in community connected with other people. And so my story is enmeshed with my wife's story. She can't tell her story without my story and vice versa. And, and, and every one of you, there are people like... You know, I can't actually tell my story without telling you about my sister or my work colleague or my husband or whoever it is in your life. And that's how life is meant to be. Amen. And, and I love the, the analogy that we are meant to stand on the shoulders of those who've gone before us. And not to get, onto the, you know, get to that place where you now have your moment in the sun and you forget the people whose shoulders you're standing on. You forget who ignited the spark of faith inside of you. Amen. God, that's how life works. God brings us. He puts us in community. He meshes us together. And the beauty is if you can't sure test me all by yourself, you're less prone to get proud and arrogant about how super amazing you are. You are, but just don't let it get to your head, okay? And when we get to share testimonies about other people impacting our lives, it keeps us humble and it keeps us connected in community. So I'm going to share a bit of John, but I'm sharing a bit of Mary as well. And that's just life. That's how God wants us to live this Christian life, enmeshed and entwined with one another in a healthy way. Okay, I know you can get enmeshed and entwined in an unhealthy way. Okay, and we speak about boundaries and all that lack of stuff. So we know we need to ha, ha, draw boundaries with unhealthy relationships. But we're not talking about that today. There are healthy relationships we need to invite, we need to embrace, we need to live in healthy community. So, so this is this uh, Luke chapter 1. Uh, verse 34. This chapter has 80 verses. Don't worry, we're not looking at all of them. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, we're going to fly around in this chapter a little bit. But this is where the, the angel has now appeared to Mary. And Mary's, he's already told Mary about she's going to bring forth a child. 
And Mary says in verse 34, how will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? She wasn't even married yet, remember? The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you so that the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And this is why I said, I couldn't separate all the John and, and Jesus stories. They were, they were cousins and Mary and Elizabeth are related. And we see this here. As the angel is talking to Mary, he's bringing Elizabeth in. The angel is so aware that Mary is relationally connected to Elizabeth. And folks, I want to submit to you, the story of Jesus doesn't actually start with Mary. The story of the birth of Jesus starts with an elderly couple called Zacharias and Elizabeth. Elizabeth had a huge impact on Mary's life. We know Mary had a big impact on Jesus' life. I love the quote, The hand that rocks the cradle rules the world. Now we absolutely, Jesus is amazing and Jesus had an amazing relationship with his father. But Jesus was shaped for 30 years of his life by his mother as well. And so, remember though, Mary was highly impacted by her elderly relative. We don't know what the relation is. The Bible isn't clear whether it's an aunt or, 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 or whether Elizabeth maybe was a cousin. We don't know. But it was a relative. This elderly lady, Elizabeth, had a big impact on Mary. And Mary brought forth our Jesus. And so Elizabeth's life is interwoven with the story of the birth of our Savior. And folks, just, just bring, it, bring, it, bring it back. You know, who knows what people you are going to impact years from now. You, as an elderly lady or an elderly man, may get to spend time. Folks, we know that Mary was a teenager at this stage, and we know Elizabeth was elderly, beyond childbearing years. What is that? In her 60s, 70s, 80s? We don't know. But folks, who are the young people you are going to impact in your 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s that will make a mighty impact on this planet, and you will get to celebrate it from heaven, or we will get to celebrate it from heaven? Folks, don't limit God. Don't think, oh, you know what? I'm getting into 60, my 60s now. Time to <laughs> sit back and just... Folks, it could be the greatest years of your life. And folks, just think about the time we're going into. It's time where we get to meet with family. Some family you may not have seen in a long time. There may be some young people. It's the, it's the daughter of your, of, your, of your sister. You haven't seen her in a long time. She's 13 She's been going through a lot of time in, in school, a tough time in school. And you get a time around the Christmas table or after Christmas or before, before Christmas. And you get to spend some time with a young teenage girl. And she just feels she can trust you. And she opens up her heart to you. And you are like an Elizabeth to a Mary. Who knows how God's going to use that young lady, that 13-year-old girl. And I know I'm speaking metaphorically. But as I'm talking, I am trust that God is showing you people that you could connect with. Are you going to your family Christmas just looking forward to the gammon and the turkey and the beef and all the nice food? Or is your open, heart open to saying, there could be 
a Mary that God wants me to connect with. Because God's going to use that person, I don't know how, but I'm going to be open. And they share some stuff with you, and you're able to encourage them. And that, you may be able to build a connection with a child of your aunt that you at the moment don't have connection with, but that child is going to be mightily used by God. Who knows how God could use you this Christmas? Amen? And so, it says over here, even Elizabeth, the angel speaking, even, even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who was said to be barren is in a sixth month, for nothing is impossible with God. How many of you like that verse? Can you see it's underlined in my Bible? I don't know when. I've had this, this Olive Tree Bible app more than 20 years. Uh, I, I can't remember when I underlined that. But folks, those verses, those are well-known verses. With God, nothing is impossible. Okay, we know that. And it's, it actually occurs a number of times in Scripture. But folks, these words come from an angel speaking about an old lady who is six months pregnant with a child even though she'd been barren her whole life. That's where those words come from. Those words are spoken about Elizabeth. And these words are spoken. The angel is encouraging Mary through the story of what's happening in Elizabeth's life. Folks, your story, your testimony, I don't know what aspect of your life of where you just know God was there, God came through. Maybe you chatting to a 13-year-old daughter of your aunt and you remember the tough times you went through when you were 13 in high school. And you prayed and you trusted God and God came through and you didn't have any friends. And suddenly, boom, there was a friend in your life. And this was an amazing Christian girl. And wow, you connected and it really turned your life around. And you can share that story. There are stories, there are testimonies inside of you that God wants to bring forth to encourage the teenage Marys that you may meet this Christmas. Are you open to be used by God this Christmas? It may not be around the Christmas table, folks. But it may. It may be there are some people that you know are not going to be with family this Christmas because of whatever things. And you could, could consider inviting them around this Christmas time. Christmas doesn't have to be. You know, for some people it's amazing family time. For many people it is the loneliest time of the year because they can't be with family for a thousand reasons. And maybe you could be that family. Maybe you could be the Elizabeth that Elizabeth was to Mary. And let's read on. Mary's amazing response to these words. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be to me as you have said. Other translations say, uh, quoted this way, they say, Mary said, May it be done to me according to your word. May it be done to me according to your word. And you know those words, then the angel left her. Mary spoke these words after hearing Elizabeth's testimony. After the angel said what is happening in Elizabeth, people thought was impossible, but with me it's not impossible. I'm speaking about miracle births. Elizabeth had a miracle birth. She was barren. I've read probably three or four or five times in various scriptures it says she was barren. But with God, but with God, nothing is impossible. What words have been spoken into your life and somebody has spoken negative thing and, and, and you've concluded that area of my life is barren? 
<laughs> I think of the example with me. Uh, when I went to high school, our high school had a band, and um, they did tests on all the incoming standard sixes, grade eights now, nowadays. Uh, they did musical tests, and you had to put on these earphones, and there would be a little jingle, and you'd repeat the jingle. You know, it'd be beep, 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 and you'd repeat. And I would go beep, 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 doo, 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 <laughs> you know, whatever. And I did this, and I thought I was, I was on a roll. You know, every time the beep came, I was, I was cruising for a bruising here. And um, when I finished this, I took off the earphones, big smile. I thought, I was, I was so good. Uh, you know, I'm going to get the invitation to join the band. And the teacher kind of said, um, you know, Jacques, uh, you never have to come back to the music department again. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> anyway, what were those words? Those words were a declaration of barrenness. You haven't got a musical bone in your body. Folks, have you noticed that hasn't stopped me trying to sing in church? <laughs> have you noticed that hasn't stopped, hasn't stopped me singing in church? Okay. You know what's, what's, what's quite embarrassing is um, I quite often do take videos. And I don't know, recently, recently, I don't know where it was. Some, it was in church. What was it, love? There was somebody was singing something. And I was videoing them. But I was singing along while I'm videoing them. And I'm thinking, what was it? It was Night of Carols. It was the combined, it was at the combined carol service. And we had our amazing team up there. Babalwa and Noni. Where's Noni? Is Noni here? Is she there? There. They were amazing. They were singing, etc. I'm so proud of them. I'm videoing them singing. And I'm singing along as well. I didn't realize all you can hear is my gruff and growly voice. You can't hear Noni and Babawa at all. So I'm so chuffed. I send it to them. I don't even know if I listen. And then I listen. I was like, oh no, you can't hear them at all. <laughs> anyway. But can you see, I've overcome... What that, when I was standing at six, that teacher spoke a word of barrenness. You don't have to come back to the music department ever again. I was like, I'm still going to praise my God. I'm still going to sing, okay? I wanted to learn the guitar. I'm not going to say, I'm never going to learn the guitar because I'm still got a couple of years in me, okay? Yeah, Josh, you may just see me up here one day. One day, may, you may, okay? What I want to say is, folks, New births. You know, this season, the last two and a half years, it has been a season of pruning for some people like no man's business. But remember what Jesus said, the purpose of pruning is that the purpose of pruning is that there can be new growth, new life. Things have been pruned out of your life and I don't even want to mention the categories. But what is your expectation for God to birth new things in your life? What is your expectation? Folks, I'm not saying right now you have to answer me. But Christmas is a celebration of a miracle birth. What mir miraculous new life does God want to bring forth from you in your life? I mean, I'm so challenged. I shared last week what, what One had shared about restoration and with relationships. You know, there may be in your past a broken relationship and you praying for restoration. And I was so challenged by this because the lady that she shared the teaching with said, you know, it may be that God doesn't restore that exact person, the relationship you had with that person. But the intention 
of what that person was meant to bring in your life. God may bring another person, different person or people into your life. They will re- and God will restore back to you His original intent with that relationship that broke down, I don't know how many years ago in your life. Trust God to restore. He's a restorer. Miraculous births. Maybe He wants to miraculously birth something in you. And folks, it starts with a seed. It starts with faith. It starts with a response like Mary said. Can you say, God, maybe this Holy Spirit's whispering and say, will you, will you pick up that guitar again? How many years has it been that you haven't picked up that guitar? Okay, what's your response? God says, for nothing is impossible with me, for nothing is possible with God. Is your response, I'm the Lord's servant? You know, the significant thing about Mary saying, I'm a servant. A servant obeys their master. It starts with, sure, is Jesus your master? Is he your Lord? The next thing is, Mary said, may it be to me as you have said. May it be to me according to your word. Are you okay when the Lord says, knock, knock, knock? That guitar, those guitar lessons you did 11 years ago. How about it? I want you to worship me with a guitar again. And I don't know what that is. That broken relationship... Can you trust God to restore a person in your life that can bring what God intended for that relationship? For that relationship, It may not be the same person. Have you got faith to embrace and to trust people again and allow people into your life again? Can you say, may it be to me according to your word? What Mary was saying is, she was saying yes to receiving Literally, the seed of God inside of her. To receive Jesus, to be born inside of you. Folks, it starts with an acknowledgement. According to your word, Lord, I'm ready to receive. And folks, this may be a journey you're on now and into January as we spend that time fasting and trusting God for miracles. Are you firstly willing to receive the promise the word from God into you that will bring forth life. Mary literally gave forth, brought forth a child, a physical child. There are things God wants to bring forth from your life, but it starts with you saying, I'm your servant, Lord. That means you, my Lord, may be done to me according to your word. Can you say that with Mary? But she was inspired by Elizabeth. Look what happened next, verse 39. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. So uh, I just did background research. The hill country, this is about a hundred kilometers away. She would have walked a hundred kilometers. Now what's that? Durban's only 70 k's away, okay? Why does she go to Elizabeth's house? Because the angel has just told her that her relative Elizabeth, who's an elderly woman, is pregnant. Mary has just said, yes, Lord, you may impregnate me, literally impregnate me with your seed. I am willing to carry the Savior inside of me. And Jenny alluded to it, but folks, have you, have, have you ever thought about the significance of Mary's words? 
She said yes to having Jesus inside of her. Folks, the day you were born again, or the day you get born again, the day you say yes to Jesus, Jesus by His Spirit, not by, by physical seed, by His Spirit, comes and resides inside of you. You and our lives are more similar to Mary's life than, than I think we often imagine. Jesus, the risen Lord, resides inside of us. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Christ. We actually are living the life that Mary lived more than sometimes we realize. And so Mary needed some input. The angel said, your relative is also pregnant. She walks a hundred kilometers to go and visit a relative. She needed to spend time. And folks, who are the Elizabeths in your life? Some of you in the story you identify with, with Elizabeth. Some of you may identify with Mary. Some of you may be an Elizabeth where you need to welcome a Mary. A younger person who is struggling to believe and trust God for things in their life. And you need to embrace them. Mary went and stayed with Elizabeth for three months, folks. Three months. Can you imagine the richness of the fellowship, etc., that they had? Why three months? Well, we know Elizabeth was six months pregnant when the angel came to her, okay? And the baby was to come, and, and three months means she probably left just before Elizabeth gave birth. That's just some of the practicals. But let's read this, verse 41. Verse 40. When she, where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby, that's John, John the Baptist, in her womb, the baby leapt in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Whoa! Wow, that's amazing. Now, folks, there are a number of dimensions that are happening here. Firstly, you've heard us say in this church that there's no junior Holy Spirit. A child from the womb, according to this, can be just as responsive to the Holy Spirit as you and I can. Folks, this baby, it says over here, the baby leapt in a womb. The Holy Spirit can touch your physical body and you can physically respond just as baby John did in his womb, in the womb. But I also just want to say, let's not dumb down spiritual things for children. Their spirits can still perceive spiritual truths, even though their minds may not be able to get it. I know, I know a couple, we know a couple where they had this conviction on, on, on the power of the Word of God and they literally read the Bible to the baby in the womb because they had the conviction the spirit of this child can still <coughs> hear the Word of God. Verse 42, in a loud voice, <coughs> she exclaimed, this is Elizabeth now, blessed are you among women. She's speaking. She's prophesying to Mary. Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord, wow, this is so prophetic, Jesus is, is her Lord, baby in the womb, Mary's womb, 
says that the mother of my Lord should come to me. As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leapt for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that what the Lord has said to her will be accomplished. What an amazing prophetic word. I want to speak to all the Elizabeths here. Are you ready to prophesy over your Marys? Do you have that prophetic unction to speak over the young people that, that God's going to bring in your life or maybe God has already brought into your life? Folks, Mary said later about all these angelic visitations, it says that she treasured these things in her heart. Can you imagine the impact of this prophecy by Elizabeth over Mary would have had on Mary's life? Mary, remember, had to face a lot of stuff. She's betrothed to some guy called Joseph. And here she falls pregnant before they got married. Do you know the ridicule, the, 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 the shame, the scorn, the rejection, the jeers, the teasing, the, the, the gossip? that Mary would have faced when she went back to a village. How can you, as a teenage girl, who's been, you know, got pregnant by God, like, who's going to believe you? How could she go through that, folks? She spent three months with Elizabeth. Three months with Elizabeth. How could she? And look at verse 45. Elizabeth is prophesying and declaring the faith that Mary has she says, blessed is she who has believed that what the Lord has said to her will be accomplished. Folks, there's a blessing on those who believe the word of God. Are we sitting in the company of Mary's this morning? Those who believe the word of God? I want to, and then there's Mary's song and it's beautiful. But what I actually want to do now, I'm going to turn the screen so that I can move easier. I'm actually going to go and I want to look and I'm going to rewind to this amazing family of Zechariah and Mary. Okay, um, here we go. What's it? Sorry, yeah, Zechariah and Elizabeth. Okay, in the time of... So I've just gone to the beginning of the chapter. I've rewound to verse, verse 5. In the time of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly division of Abijah, his wife Elizabeth was also a descendant of Aaron. Both of them were upright in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commandments and regulations blamelessly. So John's dad is a priest, Zechariah, and his mom, him and his mom, look what the Bible says, they were upright in the sight of God. Isn't that a beautiful testimony? John's parents were upright people of God who, it says, observed all the Lord's commandments and regulations blamelessly. Folks, the story of Jesus started with this elderly couple. How many of you say, my testimony of what I want to be known as when I'm an elderly husband and wife team 
is we want to be seen to be upright in the sight of God and observing all the Lord's commandments and regulations blamelessly. What a test me. Folks, what a test me. We know what came forth. They, birthed, they, they produced John and that's all glamorous. But you know what? That is a beautiful test me right there. If the full stop ended there and that's all we knew about this amazing couple. We know they produced John and we know that's where the story went. That in itself is a beautiful test me. That is awesome. I just love this couple. Verse 7. But they had no children because Elizabeth was barren and they were both well along in years. Once when Zechariah's division was on duty and he was serving as priest before God, he was chosen by lot according to the custom of the priesthood to go into the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And when the time for the burning of incense came, all the assembled worshippers were praying outside. I want to just pause and tell you a little bit about what's happening over here. He was chosen by Lot as a priest to go and burn incense. Burning incense in the temple was one of the most sought after, the most uh, honored jobs of the priests in those days. There were many duties to be done around the temple. There were, you could, by Lot, get the job of go clean the temple, okay? Get the broom and go and sweep it out and, you know, after the previous sacrifices, clean the ash. And how do you know, cleaning ash out of a fireplace is not a nice job, okay? The job was to go and burn incense. Folks, I was doing research in those days, at this time, the number of priests, the estimate in Jerusalem was about 20,000 priests. By lot, in other words, they would choose, I don't know, you know, I don't know how they did lot. Well, actually, I have known, but it's kind of like roll the dice. Out of 20,000, Zechariah gets chosen. For many priests, this would be something once in a lifetime that you get chosen to go and burn the incense. And this was the day. Folks, if this was all that happened, Zechariah would have been over the moon and remember, he goes in there all by himself to burn the incense. The crowds of people are waiting outside and they're waiting for him to come out. And you know what they're waiting for? If the priest who went in there hadn't purified himself properly, if he had unconfessed sin, he would be struck down in the temple. And so the crowd were getting worried because he had this amazing encounter with the angel telling him he's going to be a dad. And he took long to come out. And the crowd was getting restless because they thought, oh my goodness, this Zechariah must have had unconfessed sin in, his, sin in his life and he got struck down in the temple. And now, and, and, and literally what they used to do those in those days, when the priest went in, they tied a rope around his leg. So that if he got struck down, nobody else could go in there and just get the body out. They would then literally pull the body out with a rope. It was kind of different in those days. I just want you to notice I don't have a rope on my foot. Okay? Okay, praise God for Jesus and with the one sacrifice once and for all. Amen. <clears throat> then the angel of the Lord appeared to him standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zacharias saw him, he was startled and was gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Now, I wonder when, when the angel said your prayer has been heard. Folks, priests would pray that the lot would fall on them to go and burn the incense in the altar. I wonder when the angel said this, Zechariah's like, oh yes, thank you Lord, I got the lot to burn the incense. And he says, 
your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son and you are to give him the name John. He will be a joy and delight to you and many will rejoice because of his birth. I want to say two things about this. Folks, that is God's plan for children. That children will be a joy and a delight to you and that many will rejoice because of the birth of your children. Folks, there's a narrative in the world that children are a burden and a hassle and a schlep and you want as few of them as possible and you want to get over this child thing as quick as possible. That's not God's plan for children. That's not God's plan for your children or my children, folks. God's plan is that children are a blessing to us. Folks, if we bring up our child children in the ways of the Lord, they're a blessing, not a burden. Amen? If, if, if that is just, you know, I mean, for example, Akhlu. Okay, there's Akhlu's mom at the back there. Akhlu is, how old is she now? Four years old? Four years old. And so she came around to, uh, to our house. Abby occasionally will spend time with Akhlu. And they baked cupcakes together, and they painted nails together, and they watched Barbie movies together. Now, Abigail is 18. She kind of is over the Barbie movie stage. You should have seen these. But what a delight little, this little girl is. I forgot how delightful four-year-old four little girls are. I videoed them dancing together. They were putting on these hip-hop worship songs, you know. My, I got the best dad in the whole world. All these songs. And they were dancing. It was a delight. I, I saw Abby playing with Akhlu. And, and when I was reading this verse, it's not that my children are 18. Don't bring me joy. But I'm telling you, to see a little four-year-old dancing and and, and doing cupcakes and painting nails and to see her delight. It was like, how come people don't have more children? Hey? How come you only want to have one if none? What's wrong with you? Amen. If you bring your children up in the ways of the Lord, they're a delight. Amen. But I also want to say this. What is amazing is that from Scripture, Zechariah... There's no indication that he had given up praying for a child. His wife is barren. They are elderly, which means she couldn't conceive before menopause. She's now elderly. She's past menopause. It's like, you know, Zechariah, you can stop praying for a child now, okay? Folks, the angel said that his prayers have been answered, i.e., I want to submit to you. That, that I want to submit, and I don't know this for sure, but Scripture doesn't say, when Zechariah walked into that temple with that burning incense to go light it at the altar, there was a prayer in his heart. He was saying, God, I want a child. God, I want a child. And he gets there, and the angel says, you're going to have a child. Folks, you know, the amazing thing about miracles... You know, miracles are where things just happen supernaturally and usually a miracle is fast. You pray for somebody and boom, they are instantly healed. But folks, sometimes it takes years before the miracle happens. Years. I don't know which promises you are carrying from God will happen in the next year, 
the next 10 years, 30 years, for some of you, 50 years. Folks, there are some of you here, you will see some promises in your heart coming to pass 70 years from now. And I want to say this, some of you are 100 years from now. Why? Because it's going to come to pass in your spiritual children. Folks, we can't give up on God. We can't stop trusting God. The story of John when we read this miraculous story, it's just happening. I mean, there are angels and there are shepherds and there are wise men and there's so much happening in the story. But folks, there is an elderly couple who had been praying for their child for how many years? 50 years, 60 years, 70 years? There was a lot of waiting before this miracle happened. How are you doing with your waiting? How are you doing waiting for your miracle birth. Folks, I wish I could say 1st of January, we've said it's a year of miracles. Boom, you're going to have your miracle birth. Okay, it may not be a child. I'm not just talking about physical children. Folks, God may birth faith in you for the long haul that 10, 20, 40 years from now, you will see it come to pass. There's a resoluteness of your faith for the miracle that you trust in God for you're not going to give up on. I wanna, I, I'm just thinking now of Bill Johnson's son, Eric Johnson. Eric Johnson is, is effectively deaf in both ears. 1%, I think 1% in one ear and 2% in the other. It's pr practically can't hear anything. I've, I've seen him, met him. He wears two hearing aids. That's how he hears. And he can lip read very effectively. And he, and he speaks with a funny, he's, he's got a funny twang in his voice. And the reason for that is he can't actually hear. Yeah, so he speaks and there's a funny angle to his voice. But when you understand he's deaf, you understand why. When I was there, um, I was there 2008. And in that month, at the healing rooms, they had seen six deaf ears being healed. Six. And here's the senior pastor's son. He's deaf. And folks, you can better believe they have prayed hundreds of times for him. And I remember hearing the story of, in the pastor's meeting, they would share, the testimonies would come in, Saturday's healing rooms, they would share the testimonies. And they were sharing again about people being healed of deafness and Bill turned to his son Eric and said Eric how are you doing because you know sometimes if you trust in God for healing and you hear a testimony of healing sometimes it can actually be discouraging because you're saying but I've been trusting for that for years and I remember just hearing the story of Eric saying that healing testimony is one testimony closer to my testimony Instead of giving resent, resentful and bitter and saying, God, why didn't you heal me? You know, the staggering thing is that Eric Johnson himself has prayed for people to be healed. And their ears have been healed and his ears haven't been healed. Eric Johnson is still trusting God for healing in his ears. He's a Zachariah and an Elizabeth. He's 41, 42 now. I don't know when he will receive his healing, but he's still trusting God. He has not given up on God. It says here, verse 15, He will be great in the sight of the Lord. He is never to take wine or other fermented drink. 
and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even from birth. Folks, no junior Holy Spirit. Even from birth. Many of the people of Israel will he bring back to the Lord their God and he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the disobedient of the wisdom of the righteous to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. You know those words, he will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children. Those words were spoken 400 years earlier through the mouth of the prophet Malachi, the last book in the Old Testament. At the end of chapter 4, it says there, the Lord will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the hearts of the children to their fathers. And here, the angel is speaking to Zechariah and he's tying up with Malachi. Folks, for 400 years, there hadn't been a single prophetic word. And here, the first, the, this is the first, this is before Mary, the angel first came to Zechariah. This is where it all started with this old guy, Zechariah, and he says, I will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children. If Zechariah knew his scriptures, which I'm sure he did, he was a priest, he would have connected like, oh my goodness, God is fulfilling and continuing the work that he did 400 years ago. Those 400 years are known as the silent years. For 400 years, there wasn't a prophet in Israel until John. John is the first prophet in 400 years in Israel. I will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children. And it says in Malachi, it says, in the hearts of the children to their fathers. And it says over here, he will go, uh, um, sorry, many of the people of Israel will he bring back to the Lord their God. Folks, I want you to see, yeah, the angel is describing the ministry of John. Now, when we read his story, we know he lived in the desert. We know he wore, and I, have, I won't get all those scriptures due to time, he wore uh, clothes made of camel hair. Um, he ate locusts and honey. I mean, you can read all those scriptures. We know that. And it sounds like, oh my goodness, I don't want to meet this character. And we know he baptized people in the wilderness. But that's the physical stuff. What was the heart of this man's ministry? Is to bring people back to God. Is to reconcile families. Folks, this word that was brought here about God reconciling. Folks, Jesus came to reconcile people firstly to him and secondly between one another. Jesus came to remove the sin, not just between us and God, but sin that separates us as well. This Christmas, folks, you know what is so beautiful about Christmas? People from all around the world travel for miles to get together. My kids, Heidi just drove 1,870 kilometers from Cape Town. They arrived yesterday. Drove two days to get here. Isn't it amazing how Christmas time people travel to get together? Folks, the heart of Christmas 
is he's turning the hearts of the fathers to his sons, sons to fathers, and he's reconciling man to God. It's about getting together. Folks, it's amazing. When you get together with anybody on Christmas, that is what Christmas is about. And it's not about the food, and it's not about expensive gifts that you can't afford. It is about coming together, God dealing with our differences, that we can be reconciled firstly to God and we can live in family relationships where fathers' hearts are for sons and sons' hearts are for fathers. Isn't it beautiful? You getting together on Christmas celebrating Jesus, folks, is just a testimony of God reconciling things on the earth. You know, and I, and I know, you know, you can read you can read in the news and this is wrong and that's wrong and there's no electricity and there are potholes and I, I get that. But God is a reconciler. Who does He want you to be reconciled with this Christmas? Or who does He want you to live in closer connection and relationship with this Christmas? This is what John came for. It was to bring people together. The enemy wants to separate people and people to get offended and bitter and twisted and, and, and do Christmas all by themselves. I know of a family that, that, um, that uh, I don't want to give away too much, uh, of a family, they're very wealthy. And they're going on an amazing expensive Christmas holiday. It's costing them a lot of money, overseas holiday. I'm not going to say what the holiday is. But I was, a, I was speaking to the, 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 the child, and I was asking the child about family and extended family. And the child said, no, we are not close to our family. The one side of the family, the child said, we, we totally cut off from that side of the family. We have nothing to do with them. They have money, and so they're having a fancy Christmas overseas, but not with family, not with friends, just them. And you know, we're having a simple family Christmas at home. Our daughters and, and our son-in-law have come up from Cape Town. We'll have a nice meal. We're not spending thousands of rands on traveling overseas we together I don't hopefully there are no issues if there are issues kids tell me we'll sort them out okay folks that is rich that is Christmas John's mission was to reconcile people to God and reconcile families that is Christmas let's celebrate what God started 2,000 years ago let's enjoy it if you're not having a, a big, expensive Christmas, but you've got precious people around you, folks, that is priceless. That is priceless. Can I pray? And maybe as I pray, you know, I'm talking about reconciliation. I'm talking about oneness. Maybe you can hold the hand of somebody next to you. If, if you don't know them, that's okay. Okay? That's okay. You don't have to stretch across aisles or anything. Just, just, just grab somebody's hand. Because Christmas came for reconciliation. The enemy wants us to be separate and all alone, but God came that we may be reconciled. And so, Lord Jesus, I want to thank you for the Christmas story. I want to thank you for the miracle birth of John from a womb that couldn't conceive in the childbearing years, but yet conceived in the old age. Lord, you still do miracles. And God, right now, as we're holding hands with people, 
I pray for the miracle of reconciliation to happen, Lord. I pray for family and friends to come together like never before. Lord, restore the hearts of the fathers to their sons and sons to their fathers and mothers to daughters and daughters to mothers and fathers to daughters and daughters to fathers and mothers to sons and all of the above, Lord. And aunties to cousins and uncles to nephews and, and grandparents to grandchildren. God, restore, restore, Lord, what the enemy has chosen to separate. Especially COVID was a year of, was years of separation and cutting off. God, restore, restore heart connections, Lord. Lord, may we take... May we take our differences and, and our mess-ups and our misunderstandings and our selfishnesses and our, and our blow-ups. We take it to the cross. We thank you for the cross. But God, may we have the richness of reconciliation this Christmas. I pray, restore relationships, Lord. Reconciliation. May we have humble hearts, Lord, to trust you to birth new things. To birth and restore relationships this Christmas. I pray for every single one of you. And the people of God said, Amen. May you have a blessed, rich, fellowship-filled Christmas this year. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you, folks. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We hope you've enjoyed this message. For more information, please visit our website at www.hispeoplepmb.co.za And for more of our messages, visit our YouTube and SoundCloud channels, as well as other podcast platforms. If you would like to contact us, please email us at hispeoplepmb at gmail.com or send a message to 061-452-0877. We hope to see you soon. God bless you.